What up, everybody? How y'all doing, huh? You know what we're celebrating today? This is July 5th, and what we celebrate on July 5th is all the dog owners were all celebrating that we survived a night last night with the dogs. Come on, how many fireworks, their dogs? I mean, we all know, let's be honest, cats are from the devil. They're straight from hell. We don't like cats, but dogs, we love them. Amen, hallelujah, glory. Um, but cats, you know, we don't like them, but, but, being shouted down by a curb, but dogs, we love them 364 days out of the year. Well, three, because we also have New Year's Eve. My dogs go crazy last night. Um, little, little medication helped them out, though. You know what I'm saying? Nothing like drugging your canines. Okay, um, so hey, if it's your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. And so whether you're sitting in the chairs or watching online, thank you guys so much for being with us. With us. We are glad that you are here. And today's a good day because we start a brand new series called Straight Out of Context. And we're going to be talking every single week. We're going to look at some scriptures that people take out of context regularly. Not just scriptures, but a couple weeks we might look at some themes that people take out of context, out of the scripture. And so we're going to look at that because you know, I think you know, um, when you take something out of context, you can mess yourself up and everybody else around you that's listening to what you're saying by taking it out of context. Um, a long time, several, several years ago, my daughter Phoebe, she's 18 now, but back when she was a little girl, she was playing, like she would play with Barbie. She had the Barbie, she did the Barbie thing, you know. And I hate Barbies, like I really hate them, not probably for the reason you think. I hate them because they come with all these little accoutrements, right? It's like the little shirts and the little dresses and the, and the little shoes that are just like this big and a little purse and they go with little kids everywhere and if you know anything about my daughter Phoebe she has not changed in the last decade or so she is not the most cleanliness uh, clean, you know she's just anybody got teenagers just kind of everything everywhere she was the same way back then and so one day I come into the house and she's you know little she's playing with her Barbies and there's there's the stuff is everywhere it's all over the room and the Barbies are laying there naked and I, I come in and I'm like Hey, Phoebe, she's like, hey, Daddy, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. Um, and I want to encourage her to clean up her room. So I, I, I said, baby, why don't you put some clothes on the Barbies? That'd be great. She said, why, do you not like the Barbies naked? Uh, you not like that? And I said, no, it's, fi it, it's fine. It's fine if they're that way, but let's just put these, you know, let's gather the clothes and put the clothes on the Barbies. Okay, so she does that. A couple days later, Patty and I go on a date. We get a babysitter. Babysitter, you know, plays with Phoebe or whatever. We come home and the babysitter says, <laughs> so I was playing Barbies with Phoebe tonight. And I said, okay, that's great. She said, yeah, so we're playing with the Barbies and I keep putting clothes on the Barbie and Phoebe keeps taking clothes off the Barbie. And she, I put them on, she takes them off. And finally I said, Phoebe, why do you keep putting, take, why do you keep taking clothes off the Barbie? And she said, because my daddy likes naked Barbies. Out of context, right? Out of context. Please don't tweet that. Pastor Craig likes naked Barbies. Out of context. Totally out of context. When you take something out of context, it can mess you up. It can mess other people around you up. And so we're going to look at some scriptures, and today is a doozy. This one is probably in the top five of t things taking out of context in the Bible. So are you ready to learn something? You ready to look at this? All right, here, here's our verse today. John chapter 14. And everything today is about this verse, okay? John chapter 14, uh, verses 13 through 14 says this. You can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. You ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
anything. Did y'all hear that? Jesus is like, bruh, bruh, you ask anything in my name and you get it. Put your life savings on black 13 at the roulette wheel in Jesus' name. Go up to a young, good-looking lady and say, I claim you in Jesus' name. You know, whatever you need, you just, I claim that house in the name of Jesus Christ, right? Uh, you, you need healing. I need healing. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I had a, a friend several years ago, and uh, he's working, and he got a hernia. Not a big, you know, not a big deal. If we did hand raise, probably a lot of guys in here have had hernias. And he, he is, so when he got the hernia, he was a recovering Catholic. I'm not sure if you know what that is, um, but he was Catholic, very strict Catholic family, and then he just got into Protestant world, so he was recovering, pro, pro, recovering class, Catholic, and so he started reading the Bible for the very first time, and, and he read this verse, and he claimed this verse. He stood on this verse, whatever that means. Um, he stood on this verse, and we found out he had a hernia, and he said, nope, I'm not going to the doctor. I will be healed. I am healed. In the name of Jesus, right? You just stamp in the name of Jesus on her. And it got worse and worse and worse. And, you know, like, and so he, you see him and finally he goes to the doctor. The doctor's like, wow, okay. Um, we, we, you have a hernia. You have a really bad hernia. You need to have surgery. He said, no, I'm not having surgery. I'm going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And the doctor said, that's awesome. What do you say we go ahead and schedule this little thing? And if you get healed before then, go with the healing. Otherwise, let's do the surgery. He's like, fine, you can do whatever you want, but I'm going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And so the day comes, he's in the hospital. I go up to the room, believe it or not. I don't do hospitals very well, but I did that day. And I went there, and he's sitting there in the bed like this. And I'm like, hey, you ready for surgery? He said, I'm not going to have surgery. I'm like, you might want to look down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got something poking out your shirt. And he said, no, I'm going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And the doctor came in, took him to surgery fixed his hernia, he wasn't healed in the name of Jesus, and, and that messed my friend up in a big way, because he just came out of Catholicism, he was walking in this whole thing, he got a verse, he read it in the Bible, he believed it, he prayed it, he even said, in the name of Jesus, and it didn't happen, and it rocked his world. Let me ask you a question, in-house or online, you know, how many of you have prayed for something in the name of Jesus and it didn't happen? Go on, be honest, raise your hand, raise your hand. And if you're not raising your hand, then you probably have never prayed before, right? Um, it, it, online, go ahead, put the little emoji of the guy going, right, right, on the, on the chat box. We've all, I think everybody has prayed something in the name of Jesus with really good faith and believed and it didn't happen. So, either this verse is wrong and the Bible is not accurate, or we're taking it straight out of context. I think we're taking it straight out of context, okay? So today, I'm going to show you how I study the Bible and how I keep things in context, okay? And so I'm going to highly recommend that if you take notes today, I'm going to highly recommend you either write them down or take pictures of the screen. I'm just telling you, you will need this because it is plaguing the American church of taking things out of context, all right? So here's how, here's how this is going to work. These are just three simple, little, easy things. And if you'll just pay attention from now on, just as you hear me speak, like for months on end, you'll see me do this every single time. It's just how you keep things in context. So here's the first thing. Understand the context. And what I mean by that is understand the context. Read the verses before that verse. 
read the verses after that verse, okay? And even, even understand the theme of that verse, of, of the, that book, the different 66 books of the Bible, they all have different themes. So get a mindset of that. And, and then also, here's another big one. Understand the cultural context in the time period that it was written. It's important, right? So you just, you just understand this stuff, keep it in context. Here's the second thing. Y'all still with me? Are you excited about learning? It's like, look what I can do, right? It's just exciting. We're going to learn stuff. Okay, okay, here's the second one. Interpret scriptures with other scriptures. Interpret scriptures. Don't just take a verse out and say, man, I like that verse right there. That's my new tattoo. I can do all things through Christ and strengthens me. It's not what it means, by the way. It doesn't mean you can throw a long bomb and, and score a touchdown. It doesn't mean you can make the hoops. It, don't, or, or Jeremiah 29, 11. We're going to talk about this one in week three. I, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and give you hope. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm going to put that in my refrigerator. It's not what it means, right? Don't just pull it out. Now, let me say this. Um, we've all done that. I've done that. We take scriptures out and it's not heretical. I'm not saying if you do that, you're going to burn in hell. I'm not saying that. Um, but I think it just shows sometimes that we've just got some more room to learn right? We, just, we can just learn. We can get better. We can really get better. So you find other scriptures that are talking about the scripture you're looking at. There's six, like this verse that we're dealing with, there's 65 other books in the Bible that we can look at and pull verses out to look and see how it all streams together. Does, does that make sense? And then here's the third thing, and we end every single Sunday this way, um, and it's just apply what you've learned, right? The third one is just apply what you've learned. Okay, so are you ready? I thought this would be so much fun. Let's do what we, just, what we just did, and let's apply it to the verse we read at the beginning. <laughs> you ready to learn? <laughs> yeah, I like learning. Okay, here we go. My theme is always, if I can keep you awake long enough, you might just learn something. Okay, so, so here's the, all right, so our, our cha John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, let's look, let's just do this. What's the context of the verse? Okay, so here's the first one. John chapter 14, who wrote the book of John? Okay, that was like eight of you. Um, this is the easiest answer ever, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll set it up a little better. There's a guy named John. He wrote some words. They put it in a book, put it in a bigger book, but there's this one section written by a guy named John. Who do you think wrote the book of John? Okay, whoo, a little hard. They get more difficult. Okay, so then um, the second thing is what, what, you know, okay, what's the theme of the book of John? All right, I'll help you out with this one. Maybe you didn't read this. The theme of the book of John is to show that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay, that's the, that's the theme of the book of John. All right, and then we're going to look at the context of it, right? We're, we're looking at the scriptures. What else is going on in this chapter? So looking at the context of the chapter, you can go home and read it if you want to. I'll give you the highlights, all right, to save a little time. Um, in this chapter, John chapter 14, Jesus says, hey, I go away to prepare a place for you. In my father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you, right? I'm, I'm going to go do that. And then right after that, he says, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except by me, okay? And, and, then, and then we have our verse, and then the verse after that, Jesus says, hey, I'm going away. Bye, y'all. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be with you. He will guide you. He will keep you. He will direct you. He'll give you guidance and counsel, blah, 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 blah. Okay, now, if you look at the context of the chapter, it's not about prayer. It's about all the preparatory things that Jesus is doing for us in this time right now. 
Prayer is one of those ways that we're prepared and we stay connected to the bigger picture. Okay, okay, okay. So the context, all right. Um, okay, so now let's take that and let's read our verse again, okay? But before we do that, I need you to do something. We need to read this verse like we're not the main character. This might blow your mind. This is a little difficult for a lot of Americans because we think everything is about us. Okay, let me help you out, unload a burden from you. Did you know you are never the main character in the Bible? <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. The main character is always God. It's always Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the triune God. It's always him, it's not us. Okay, okay, so take that off. And now, now let's read this again. Are y'all doing okay? Are you as excited about this as I am? Okay, um, so here's the deal. Now, let's read this, and we are not the main character, and there's something bigger going on. John 14, you can ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Well, why? Why would he do whatever you ask? Oh, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. See, if we think our prayer is just this interaction of us getting something from God, we're missing that there is a bigger picture going on than just our little request. There's this bigger story that's going on that we have the ability and the opportunity and the privilege to be a part of. And if we don't understand this, here's what happens, and I see it so many times and it breaks my heart. Good, meaning, well-loving, Jesus-loving people pray something in Jesus' name and it doesn't happen like they think it should happen like they were praying and hoping it would happen, and their faith gets crushed, and they end up losing faith and losing ground in their spiritual journey because it didn't happen like they thought it should happen, okay? We gotta keep it in context, okay? We gotta keep it in context. Okay, so you're ready to now take it and look at scriptures, applying scriptures to this scripture? I'm telling you, man, this will change your life, all right? So let's find scriptures from other, Bible, other books, not other Bibles, other books in the Bible, and apply them to this scripture, okay? And so when we do this, I want to show you something. There's four things that God cares about, that God matters, that it matters to God when you're praying. There's four things that we have to get in line for this thing to all happen and work out. Here's the first one. When you're praying, relationships matter, relationships matter. Mark 11, Jesus said, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But, that's a big but right there, isn't it? But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Now, as parents, we know that this is true because we know, as parents, you know that relationships trump stuff every time. And let me, if you don't know that, if you've ever been on a car trip, a road trip with young kids in the back seat, you know, anybody done this and they're back there the whole time, he's touching me. She's over the line. He's touching me. They're on my side. We had a young, a road trip with my kids when they were young and Noah's sitting here and he's sitting, I'm not kidding. When I turn around and look, he's sitting like this in the car. And Phoebe's over here curled up in the corner like a backseat PTSD victim, right? And and they're just screaming, he's touching. Noah is the one complaining, saying, she's over the line. She's over the line. And I'm like, boy, I will kill you, right? And then we stopped to get gas, and Noah's like, hey, Dad, can I get some chips? I'm like, bruh, I, want to don't, I don't even want to hear from you right now, let alone feed you. 
right? Because his relationships were so out of line, I'm not going to provide for you. You're riding the rest of the way in the trunk. Come on, somebody. Get, just that's the way it should be. And God says, no, no, you got to have relationships first. Husbands, if you're a dude and you got to do that, God gives us special instructions because he knows we need it, right? Come on, somebody. We need all the help. I need all the help I can get. He says this in 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored. For they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So run that verse backwards. If your prayers are hindered, come on, run it backwards. If your prayers are hindered, then the person that you are sharing divine grace of life with that's supposed to be doing life with you, and they deserve to be honored. You must not be honoring them. They deserve to be treated like the feminine partner, but you're not doing that, and you're probably not treating them with tenderness and mercy if your prayers are hindered. Just a thought. This is just from this guy named Peter. He kind of knew a few things. All right, so the first one is you're what? You're some of people. So relationships matter. Here's the second thing. Your motives matter to God. Your motives matter to God. All right, our last series was James. Look at this verse from James. James chapter 4. And if you ask, you won't receive it, for you are asking with corrupt motives, seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. How many know we got some motives and desires in us that are not necessarily godly? I'm the only one admitting it. The rest of you liars, right? You see us, you, you're, you start praying, God, you're like, God, I need me a smoking hot wife that's a Christian. Smoking hot wife that's a Christian in Jesus' name. I need me a smoking hot wife that's a Christian in Jesus' name. And then the, the, this smoking hot woman comes by you and you're like, glory, hallelujah. And you start dating her and you spend a little time with her and you realize she ain't a Christian. And so you think, but she's smoking hot. So you think, you were close. I'll do the rest, right? And so then you start praying for her to get saved. Can I tell you something? How many know your motives are not that pure? You got some motives in you that you might want to check at the door, even though you're praying for certain things to happen. Look, Proverbs 16, 2. People are pure in their own eyes. Oh, pastor, I'm, all, I'm good. Mm-hmm, okay. But the Lord tests the motives. All right. So when we pray, get this. God wants to make sure that our relationships, our external connections are healthy. He also wants to make sure our internal connections are healthy, which are our motives, right? That internal stuff. And then here's the third one. Your faith matters. Your faith matters. James 1.6. Just make sure you ask empowered by confident faith without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. Your faith moves the heart of God. Let, let, me, let me say it this way. When God sees that you believe that he has your best interest at heart, are, are you tracking with me? When he sees that you believe he really does have your best interest at heart, it moves the heart of God and your faith in God in a loving Heavenly Father moves him to do more things for you. Yesterday we were at the pool, we had some friends over, and, and uh, one of the girls, one of the young girls, she couldn't swim, she didn't know how to swim, and she's finding the shallow end or whatever, and her mom said, hey, let me, let me teach you some things in the deep end. And the girl went, 
no, I will never go to the deep end, no. And the mom, you know, blow back and forth. And finally the mom just kind of grabbed her, held her tight, strong, secure, no problems, and started walking to the deep end. This kid went spider monkey. You know what that is? Like legs, arms, and tail just wrapped around at the whole time going, no, 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 not the deep end, not the deep end, no, 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 not the deep end. And the mom said, what's the problem with the deep end? I can't touch, I can't touch, I can't touch the deep end, not the deep end, not the deep end. And the kid's freaking and mom, as calm as anything, says, I got you. I, I have you. To which the kid replied, not the deep end, not the deep end, not the deep end. And the mom, just as calm as anything, holding her sh- strong and secure, said, I love you. I would never let anything happen to you. To which the kid replied, not the deep end, not the deep end. And the mom said, looked at her, looked at her in her eyes and said, when have I ever lied to you? To which the girl replied, not the demon, not the demon. I think a lot of our prayers are incredibly shallow. And I think we, we think we're praying with faith, but you can never pray a prayer of faith when you're standing in the shallow end. You can only pray a prayer of faith when you can't touch bottom, when you have to depend on something higher and bigger and greater than you could ever achieve on your own. That's a prayer of faith. When you're doubting, doubting is not bad. Just make sure you put all your doubt right back in God, right? Everything goes to him. I trust you. I love you. You have never lied to me, and you won't drop me. That'll change your life. Your faith moves God. Okay. Real quick, because right now you're taking really good notes. I see some of you, some of you, right? And you're thinking, all right, pastor, I'm going to get my prayers answered by golly, right? Get my relationships, they're in order. Check in Jesus' name. My motives, they're mostly pure, at least what I'm admitting. In Jesus' name. I got faith I'm in church on July 5th. Really? Seriously? Who else has got this much faith? In Jesus' name. And you still don't see your prayers answered. And this right here is where it turns everything. Because so many people make it that far. Number four, super important. If you don't write anything else down, write this one down. God's will matters. God's will matters. His will has to be there. Um, His will is full of grace and love and mercy. His character is stronger than anything and everything. It's who God is. Okay, John, who wrote the verse we're looking at, John chapter 14, he also wrote the book 1 John. So the same John, keeping everything in context, the same John says this in 1 John 5. This is the confidence we have in in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his, okay, now you're going to say the W word with me, help me out. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Wow. Okay. Saying in the name of Jesus is not like rubbing a magic genie lamp and Jesus all of a sudden obeys whatever you said. That's that's how some people treat in the name of Jesus. That's not what it means. Look at our verse again, and then I'll be done. John 14 says this. You can ask for anything in my, oh, come on, in my name, and I'll do it. There's There's a big deal here. This church, 
we, we planted this church, Patty and I planted this church 14 years ago through an organization called Association of Related Churches, or ARC, okay? I have been with ARC for 18 years, okay? Four years before we launched, and then we launched this church. So the, the organization has launched almost 1,000 churches in the United States. This is church number 36, okay? So I tell you all that to say, we be OG. You know what I'm saying? We, we old school, old gangster right here. Um, and, and so I know a lot of people in ARC. I mean, I really do. I have, uh, just, I know the leaders and all that stuff. So if somebody comes to me, watch this. If somebody comes to me and says, hey, Craig, I'm interested in planting a church. I'd like some, you know, how do I do that? I can give them a cell phone number and say, call this person and tell them I gave you this phone number. Tell him Craig said to call you. Okay, what have I done? I have, by them using my name, I have given them access to a group of people that they did not earn. Why do I have it? Because I'm, I'm cool? No, I'm old. Just been around, know some people, right? And all of that experience and all of that stuff I can give to somebody because when they use my name, they get through. That's a beautiful, and watch this, when you're praying or using something in somebody's name, it is a privilege and it is a responsibility. There is a privilege that we have to walk through the name of Jesus Christ to enter the throne room of God. It's not because of anything you've done. It's not because of how you prayed. Oh, you said the right magic phrase. Good for you. You're No, Jesus paid the price. And he says, in my name, you have the privilege to walk into the throne room of God and have your prayers heard before the throne. But with that comes responsibility. In other words, when I give somebody my name to call somebody, don't be an idiot. Don't call that person and be a turd. Don't, don't abuse my name. Understand that this is my, talking about Craig for a minute, this is my character, this is who I am. Okay, now, if I'm going to pray in Jesus' name, this is his character. This is who he is. And so we need to act and pray according to his will. And when we enter into the throne room with his name, through his character, through his power, and our motives are right, and our relationships are in order. Can I tell you something? Things begin to move and change because now you're not praying what you want. You're praying what he wants. And that's why he said in his prayer, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And now I'm praying according to your will. And then whatever I pray according to your will, you do it. Will you bow your heads with me right where you are? To close your eyes. Even if you're watching online, will you just hang out with us for a second? I want to pray for you. Lord, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit in this house. And I ask that you do a work in our spirits right now, in our souls. That you just do something amazing in us. Still, you're still praying with your eyes closed, your head bowed. I want you to bring up what you've been praying for for a long time. I just, you don't need to say anything. Come on, just, you know where it is. You know the file folder in your brain where it's, where it's logged. Just pull that up to the top of your soul space and put it right there in the forefront of your mind. Maybe it's a name, it's a face, it's a financial issue, it's a job issue, housing issue, whatever. Heavenly Father, you see these requests. 
You see these things that are so quickly accessed because they're so heavy to us. Some of us are carrying these burdens for so long and we've been praying for these things to happen. Heavenly Father, right now, I just ask that you show each of us, show each of us if it's a relationship issue that we need to get right or if it's, are my motives wrong? Are they sideways? Am I lacking faith? Am I lacking belief? Where are, but Lord, let us see how this request, this situation, this issue fits into your will. Show us your will in these situations and help us to pray accordingly. And now, Lord, I just ask that you move heaven and earth to answer prayers. Lord, that you move heaven and earth, that you lower the mountains, that you raise the valleys, that you make it a level playing field at the foot of the cross because it's your name that makes everything possible. And there is nothing impossible with you. We love you, Father. Thank you so much for this moment. Thank you so much for answering these prayers. And thank you so much for moving on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Thanks for listening and staying awake. That means more to me than you realize. Um, It really does. Um, So I'm glad that you're here. We're going to continue this series. Next week we're going to talk about um, don't judge unless you be judged. We're going to talk about judgment and what that looks like. Um, I guarantee it'll be a good time. Good time. All right. Stand with me if you will. And before I pray the benediction, let me just say, if you need prayer for anything today, there's people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you and and connect with you. They're down there for you. And then also, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to partake of, okay? And before I pray the benediction, because right when I say amen, y'all are going to like run out of here. I need y'all to exit to the right, right? So this section go to that aisle, this section go to that aisle, that section go to that aisle, just to keep us all safe and happy, okay? Sound good? All right, let me pray the benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.